Hi, I'm Dr. Kirsten Lauritsen. I'm a personal functional medicine practitioner for high performers and professional athletes. And I've worked with athletes in many different sports from the US sailing team to endurance sports and triathlon, CrossFit and professional tennis players across the board in any sport. Maintaining a foundation of a healthy body and mind is crucial for long-term success. This is the podcast that will show you how to apply the principles of a healthy body and mindset to achieve high performance all from the inside out. This is the Fit and Healthy Athlete Podcast. Hello. Hey guys. In today's video, I'm going to teach you how to determine if chronic inflammation is what's keeping you from performing and look, okay. So if you're a fit and fatigued athlete, like I used to be it, or like so many of my clients used to be, you likely are training and doing everything you can. You might've tried a lot of different types of diets and programs and different types of like physical therapies and chiropractic. And there's so many different things you might've tried and they probably or likely helped a little bit and they haven't entirely gotten the problem to go away. And sometimes that can feel really defeating as well as increase your stress and maybe a little bit of anxiety, like it's never going to go away. So, um, if that is you, and that's something that you have been experiencing, one of the things that, that might be behind or causing some of the symptoms that you're having is, um, chronic inflammation. And we're going to go over what the common drivers of chronic inflammation are, and then also what the steps are, uh, exact steps so that you can know what to do about it. So let's dive in. So here's a couple of things that you might have been experiencing, um, especially if you have been dealing with chronic inflammation over the past, um, couple of months to a year, here are some of the things that some of the athletes that I've worked with have specifically dealt with. Okay. So one is you've dealt with, uh, recurring injuries at least three times in the past year, some of which, um, haven't necessarily been solved by hands-on methods, like your chiropractic PT, things like that. Like you're still getting some of that chronic pain aches in a, in a joint or in muscles that no matter what you do, it's still not going away. That's a really, really common one. Another one is you've spent time out of training at least four times in the past year doing to being sick, or you've spent an entire year out of competing because you're trying to work on an autoimmune condition or things like that. Another one is you've been fatigued in your day to day and in your workouts in the past three months. And you've also noticed other symptoms like joint pain, muscle aches, and um, maybe even shortness of breath. Another one is you can't seem to solve the gut pain, bloating, cramping during, um, if you're an endurance athlete during triathlons that are causing you to do kind of what I call the aid station bathroom hop, um, to the finish line and have had these symptoms in at least two of your previous races from the past year. And then maybe they've been separated by having like one or two that have gone really well. And then all of a sudden the symptoms pop up again, and you just can't quite figure out why they keep starting and why they keep happening. Or you've maybe been noticing that when you go to the bathroom, you've noticed that either you've had an increase in constipation. So maybe not going to the bathroom for two days or more in a week or getting some loose stools. And that's happening fairly frequently now, or maybe even when you look at, um, when you flush like that, the, the stool is sticking to the sides of the toilet bowl, that can be a sign of increased inflammation in the GI tract. And, um, 
And if that has been happening over the past couple of months, if not more, then you might want to pay attention to what we're talking about today. So what are some of the causes of chronic inflammation? And it's interesting because especially when you start talking about talking about the topic of inflammation, and we've mentioned it a couple of times here on the podcast before, but I wanted to go into it from a different perspective today um, that, you know, as far as being an athlete, like regardless of the sport that you're in, there are a lot of causes of it, like just being an athlete can be an inflammatory endeavor alone. And that's partially because of the stress and a lot of the load that you put on your system through training. And we need to think about that in the perspective of then if you're looking at, you know, just kind of either your weekend warriors or your, or your kind of amateur athletes to your pro athletes, we're going to be seeing a different amount of stress and load on the system. Right. And that's something that we need to pay attention to. So some of the different drivers of chronic inflammation are things like overtraining or not recovering well and not having very good recovery habits. Those two alone can be some of the most common, especially in our professional athletes, because, um, it's very, uh, common to see a tendency, like when you see a decrease in performance to want to train more and have less of a focus on recovery. Another thing as well that can be a driver of chronic inflammation is things like calorie deficits or even maybe food sensitivities, um, just not eating enough in your day and also not eat, eating enough in your day to support your training. Like all of those can be a, chron um, a driver of chronic inflammation. And then if you've had some GI tract related issues or had some food sensitivities that have been coming up over some time, um, food sensitivities are definitely something that you want to look into because as they come into the body, they can cause an increase with your immune system and that can increase inflammation. And you've got to remember that when that happens, right, that blood is cycling from your GI tract all the way through your body. So it's going to affect your joints and the health of your joints and the health of your muscles, things that are really critical for athletes to have on point, right? Another one are things like frequently using, um, frequent use or daily use of things like NSAIDs. So ibuprofen, Advil, you know, things like that are going to be something that you want to be really careful of. You can take them periodically. And we're going to talk about a little bit what, what I mean by that, but you know, if you're taking it every day or you're taking it fairly frequently, multiple times a month, um, it's just something that you want to be really aware of, um, because it actually can increase inflammation and cause some damage to some things that we really don't don't want, um, that are really actually critical for overall health and performance, especially for athletes. The other, you know, some other chronic drivers of inflammation are things like jet lag or, um, just not getting into reparative sleep. So not good quality of sleep or fatigue from traveling. Right. So like those three things can be actually really common, especially for professional athletes, but also for, you know, any of our athletes that are also parents, or for some reason, if you are just not sleeping very well, like those are all things that we want to be very aware aware of, um, because they can cause, um, a, a, just that low grade inflammation also too, like if you're spending a lot of time away from family and you're spending a lot of time away from your home, like a lot of our athletes are, especially when you are traveling to in season, right. To different games and different venues, 
those that all can increase a bit of stress as well. And that can lead to a bit of that low grade chronic inflammation too. So all things that we want to be thinking about because they make up a part of the picture, right? They all, they all potentially are contributing. And you can see how, like, as I've been going through this list, you might be thinking like, oh yeah, that one. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That one. Oh, oh yeah. That one. And so, you know, it's not just about one, it's could be multiples. And this isn't even an extensive list, right? Um, other things could be like increased stress from recent injuries or recent flare-ups of illnesses. Those are all things that, um, can cause an increase in inflammation as well as anxiety. So that not might not just be from like anxiety from just the past couple of years, because we've been in a pandemic. And I think a lot of people have sort of swept that under the rug and not really addressed that it has caused an increased amount of, of anxiety and stress for a lot of people as well as and that also includes performance and anxiety too, if that's something that you experience, as well as like chronic pains or injuries that keep continuing to flare up, um, or even toxins from your environment. And that, that's that's an all-encompassing statement. That one, that one has a lot in it and under it. But um, if in this again is not an extensive list, but it, these are very common drivers of chronic inflammation that are. Um, something that a lot of athletes experience, and they also experience many, many of these, you know, at one time. And so all of those can lead to an athlete having first off more inflammation. And then that over time can then lead to, um, especially uh, with training. And then as you go through the season, you might be depleting your resources. So your micronutrients and, and stuff like that, which is very common to see in our, especially our professional athletes, you put all of that together. And then now, you know, it's, it doesn't, it, you, you don't necessarily become surprised when you start seeing athletes start to get injured and start to get sick as they head through their seasons. Although it's not surprising, it's something that we definitely want to fix and work on and can be fixed and worked on and prevented, right? These are all things that are really important for that overall performance for long-term. So I'm going to give you an example, especially for that ibuprofen or NSAID um, piece of why you want to be really careful with stuff like that. And this also will lead into a bit of over-supplementation because over-supplementing can also be a really big cause of, um, of inflammation too, which I don't think people always know about. So one of the things that happens with, um, Advil is that it can be very good as a short-term acute reliever of inflammation, which is a good and intended use for NSAIDs. But, um, when you are taking them daily, what we've actually noticed is that they increase inflammation and this low grade inflammation. And they do that by impacting something called your mitochondria and your, um, they actually decrease detoxification as well. So the things that you want to think about there, the other thing too, is they also affect your gut microbiome. So all of those together can increase oxidative stress and also, um, decrease detoxification and all, and also then that all being the picture, they then increase inflammation, right? So part of what, um, chronic use of, of, NSAIDs can do is they, they negatively affect your mitochondria, which are your ATP energy producing cells. What we've seen in athletes is that, um, your energy producing cells, these mitochondria, you actually have a lot of them, especially if you're a professional athlete and you've been doing this for a long time, since you were a kid, what we found is that they have a like pro athletes, elite athletes have very healthy, very good quality mitochondria. 
But when you start to get depleted of certain types of resources, as you go throughout your season, so micronutrients, things like that, as well as, as you start to, if you are, you know, taking NSAIDs frequently, um, they can, it can cause a negative effect on those mitochondria, which can then increase stress. The other thing that we need to remember too, as far as it comes from supplements and why we need to be careful and very specific about what we use, especially when we're looking at any type of athlete, but also our pros is that, um, any type of supplement that you put into the system has to go through the liver in order to be removed from the body. So if you are putting a ton of stuff in there and then also like NSAIDs, because they can have a negative effect on your mitochondria, they can decrease detoxification and almost in a sense, just make it harder for your body to remove all of the things that you're putting into it. So we do want to be careful that we don't put in too many things. And also we do want to come from the, the point of view of food first and then supplement when necessary and very specifically based on you, based on your labs, based on your history and exam and the things that you're experiencing. We don't just want to throw anything generalized at you, especially for professional athletes. And we also want to make sure it's really, really specific. So if that, um, if that kind of rings a bell and you're like, Hey, you know, I think this is me, the, the descriptors of, you know, what those are super specific. That's what I've been experiencing. I'm definitely feeling like that fit and fatigue athlete. I'm dealing with symptoms. I'm dealing with chronic pain. I'm dealing with injuries. I'm dealing with things that are clearly not right inside my body. And I know that part of it is definitely rooted in inflammation. Here are a couple of steps and things you want to look at. So first off, labs. Now I know that not everybody's going to have, op, um, have the ability to look into all of these labs, but I am going to mention a couple. So number one, your primary care physician can order a lot of these labs, but if you don't have access, or if you would like to, if you would prefer to just not go that route, there's a couple of other options you have as well. First off, if you are going to go the primary care physician route, one of the things you want to get is something called a complete blood count with differential. You want to also add on top of their vitamin D, B12, and also C-reactive protein. You also want to get a metabolic panel and a lipid panel. So that's all of your cholesterol and see if you can also get a cortisol, DHEA, testosterone, any other hormones they can run. Those can all be really helpful. It's also sometimes nice to have a thyroid panel depending on what's going on. And, um, those are a really, really good place to start as far as the, the, like those optional labs. Now, if you wanted to bypass that all completely, and you just want to get it from one spot, you can use a lab called inside tracker, which is like one of my favorites. Um, and I will link a code to the ultimate, or you can get any kind, but I would suggest the ultimate, um, lab it's their highest one with all of the markers, and it will give you everything that you need to know about, um, at least those standard labs and how the body is doing. And I use this with all of my athletes, if they are not going to go through, like, if we're not going to use like, uh, insurance and stuff like that. So if they're not going to go through like their PCP, so, um, I will have a link to that below, but inside tracker is one of the best. And then on top of that, they will, it's really easy. They go through quest labs. So it's a very easy blood draw. Um, and also, also on top of that, they give you a ton of nutrition advice and suggestions based off of your specific labs. And on top of that, they give you optimal ranges. So like on most of your labs, what you'll get is like this massive range. I'm going to use vitamin D as an example. Vitamin D usually shows up as anywhere between 30 to 100, um, on your, on your standard vitamin D labs, but optimal is usually between 50 to 80. 
So again, um, we want to not just see things as like, this is within normal range and doesn't necessarily reflect what your symptoms are, because I know that many of you have potentially had these labs in the past six months to a year and been like, all my stand, all my labs are normal. And I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, that is a very common issue for athletes to experience. Um, so part of what we want to do is make sure that those, those are all in optimal range, because remember that again, like vitamin D in the thirties or forties is actually considered is considered normal range, but it's actually borderline insufficient, especially for athletes, as well as things like changes in iron. Like there's a wide range of how much iron you need and that might be good for you. But if you started to notice that there's um, a little shortness of breath, a little fatigue, maybe you're also starting to um, experience some signs of inflammation, your iron levels can tell us a lot, especially if you have a pattern of like where you felt the best in your iron levels then, and then your iron levels now. And if there's been a change that can also reflect um, a bit of inflammation there too. And there's a lot of other things on those standard labs that we can look at. Then on top of that, there are other labs like a GI lab, like a, um, a Nutraval where, which I run, um, it's a, it's a specialty lab that where we look at the mitochondria, we look at how your, um, how your essential fatty acids are those levels. We look at all of the different types of micronutrients, um, and a lot of other, a lot of other things. I use those panels because they give me a very specific look at what's going on in the system. And they are a great place to start when it comes to, um, just putting together a very specific plan for you. So that's the first step. If you, you can go any as in depth as you want, or you can stay kind of like, okay, well, this is what I have access to through my insurance and through my primary care. So I'm going to go that route. Now, there are a couple of other things that you can look into as well, as far as supplements go, when it comes to chronic inflammation and ways that you might be able to help with increased stress and things like that. And you want to talk to your doctor about these, um, because anytime you make any changes to your supplement routines, again, you want to make sure that you're not over supplementing. And you also want to make sure that they're not going to interact with anything you have going on. Like if you're taking any type of medications or things like that. Okay. But here's a couple that you might want to look into. So number one, CoQ10. CoQ10 is one that's used by all of your cells, especially it like you're, okay, you have to have enough CoQ10 and it's particularly used a lot by your, um, your organ systems that use a lot of energy. So things like your kidneys, like your heart, like your uh, liver. So you have a very high density of mitochondria in those systems. And if you have a lot of increased oxidative stress, if you have low CoQ10 levels, if you have low antioxidant levels, then um, that's when we start to see those systems start to show signs of problems. Like kidneys can be leading to things like gout or liver issues can, I mean, there's a ton of different things that can come from that. And as well as like cardiovascular heart stuff, right? I know that's not getting into very specific things, but you can, you can get the picture. If you, if you've been dealing with issues that are associated with those systems, one of the things we want to look at is, is your body deficient in the nutrients it needs in order for those systems to function, to function very well. Right. The other thing that we can do too, is, um, every once in a while, I will have athletes use things like, um, adaptogens like ashwagandha and roliola and ginseng, and even Cassandra for some of my female athletes that are dealing with migraines around their cycles or periods. Um, but those 
those adaptogens can be extremely helpful for reducing the effect of stress on the body. And we use them at very key times, right? So like, again, when we talked about, um, athletes, you start to see them starting to deal with injuries and illnesses as they kind of make their way through their season, because it's a very high stress time and they're starting to get more and more depleted of a lot of their resources. So the, the, the adaptogens can help the body be able to, um, reduce the effect of stress on the system. They reduce oxidative stress, which can then also help with inflammation. And, um, but here's the thing we don't necessarily put this in for everybody and all the time, right? It's very common that you'll see people be like, okay, well, I heard that this is good for me. So I'm just going to take this every day. That's not the right use of herbs. And it's also not technically the right use of supplements, unless it's like a multivitamin and some other maybe specific things for you that, you know, you kind of consistently are deficient in. like, for me, I have a very consistent, um, routine of vitamin D because I live in the Pacific Northwest of the United States where it's very, very cloudy and rainy, and I don't get to see the sun very often. So that's a really good example of that. But then here's the thing. We don't just put those herbs in just willy nilly. And whenever what we do is we want to pair that with how you're feeling. Are you feeling fatigued? Are you feeling a bit more, um, unmotivated or having, um, any like kind of fluctuations in emotions or just like anxiety or how you're feeling, because all of those can be correlated with higher stress, as well as looking at your heart rate variability and resting heart rate trends, um, really, really important and can give you a ton of information as far as how your body is responding to your training load and to your season. So we can take a look at your trends over time and, and compare that and use that with your sleep data, as well as your, um, how you're feeling, um, your, like just how you're feeling in your day to day and what you're experiencing, as well as, um, also looking at potentially even some blood and urine markers on certain labs and get it just, it, it's so comprehensive as far as like what you're dealing with. And then we make decisions based off of that. And that might be when we, you know, add in these herbs for a short period of time to help you be able to kind of get over that stressful season. And then we, you know, do whatever else we need to do. That's based off of, um, just restoring your body back to balance. And by doing a lot of those things, we reduce your risk of injury. We reduce your risk of illness. We, um, potentially also improve your performance markers as well, because your body's not uh, dealing with a ton of fatigue. Like all of these things lead to, um, overall, you know, potentially better performance. And I also want to, just wrap it up with this. When I talked about like supplements and CoQ10 and inflammation and oxidative stress and all of those things, um, it's really common for athletes, especially when they see like a decrease in performance, or if they've been taken out of sport for whatever reason, or if they are dealing with a bunch of stress to want to increase training, right? You want to do more, um, hit more golf balls, hit more baseballs. I mean, do more, um, I like, especially for my like endurance athletes, I know that you want to go for more runs, add in more strength training, do more, do more cycling on the bike, add in more swims. Like it's just a very common thing for, for athletes to want to put in more into their day, right. Into their training. The, the thing about it though, is that where you can all, you can, um, it's not just about it getting more fit and getting, um, 
just more fitness in that really leads to a lot of that resistance to fatigue, especially in games and races, and especially in your endurance events that are six plus hours or more. It's not necessarily through resistance of, it's not necessarily through more fitness per se, like for some, yes, but for a lot of you that are kind of like at, at a very like elite, very fit level, um, that's that resistance to fatigue isn't necessarily going to be coming from even more training. It can come from things like working on the types of different types of bacteria that are in the gut, working on things that optimally support your mitochondria. So again, going back to that, like CoQ10, it's used a lot by like your kidneys and your liver and your muscles, right? Um, that all of that piece, the stuff that's going on inside of your body with your organ systems, those can ultimately lead to you having even better resistance to fatigue in your races but they are the most often neglected because that's not something that's often talked about. What's talked about is you've got to train more. You need to do more. You need to do all these things. When in fact, sometimes what you need to be doing is actually focusing on nutrition and recovery and some of these pieces that ultimately lead to a better outcome for the body. So I hope that was helpful. Um, if this is something that has caught your eye and you're like, Hey, I, that's me. I am that, you know, potentially that fit and fatigue athlete, or I want to learn more about this. I have a workshop coming up on April 22nd and it is called elevate your sports performance. We are, I'm going to be teaching you basically how to perform well and to achieve a, if you, if these are any of your goals, performing well, or performing at your best or peak performance, uh, achieving a new PR or a personal best, or if you are wanting to race or compete without pain or injuries and really dial in your performance and your health, those are the things that we are going to be covering in this workshop. So you can sign up and go get registered for free. It is for free. So come join me on April 22nd. Uh, it's at drkirsten.com slash elevate where you can get more of the details and learn more. And I would love to have you there. And we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be covering all of those amazing things. So drkirsten.com slash elevate to get registered and sign up. And if you can't join us live that day, make sure you sign up anyway, because you'll also get the link with the replay. So I hope to see you there. And thanks for watching today. Take care. Hey, did you know that up to 70% of athletes may be deficient in at least one micronutrient, if not potentially deficient in two or more? Micronutrient deficiencies like vitamin D, iron, calcium, vitamin E, B12, B9 are super common in athletes. And they can lead to things like fatigue, they can lead to injuries and fractures, getting sick a lot and missing practice to unexplained pain and a lot more. On the flip side though, Athletes who corrected nutrient deficiencies saw improvements in VO2 max, vertical jump, grip strength, force, improved delayed onset muscle soreness, and a lot more. That's why I created the Strong to the Finish Line free guide for athletes like you to be able to train and compete symptom-free so that you can have the confidence and the power to perform at your best. Get this guide for free at drkirsten.com slash finishstrong.